0: Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in. Now. It is picked off
1: by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30.
0: Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in. Now. Rolls to the right. Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there. Enzo, caught. Touchdown to Cornwallis. Market Jones! Death Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown to Cord Lion! Corn Brand! Death Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid what is going on everybody all the people out there all the Kool-Aid drinkers we are back and I got Grifka with me Grifka it's been a week buddy I I'd say I missed you but I'm not sure I did how you doing
1: <laughs> I'm doing, doing well man it's uh, nice to be back man I know uh chatted a couple times last week got a couple shows out um Still waiting to sign that record deal, so uh, we'll uh, go from there.
0: Yeah, man, those were good shows. Uh, we are going to talk about uh, just some different things today. I mean, uh, everybody kind of says this is the dead part of the football season. You know, we just kind of got done with some OTAs, and then they've taken off for the summer, as they call it, in the NFL, for about five weeks or so until camp starts. But uh, we still got topics and all types of things to talk about today, so uh you ready to do this?
1: Yeah, let's get this started.
0: So Griff could, uh, you know, they had a a change at quarterback. You know, we've kind of been looking at uh, Connor Cook and Savage. You know, I've kind of said I, I didn't mind that Connor Cook signing because he was pretty decent in college, a decent prospect that year coming out, even though he fell in the draft. There were some character concerns or leadership qualities, all that type of stuff. He's bounced around the league. The Lions picked him up for, you know, a bag of peanuts. He was here for a bit, and uh, just this past week, past few days, actually got the boot, and uh, going with Savage basically as the backup, and then they brought in uh, Fail. You know anything about this guy? We brought in, or what'd you think about Connor Cook being uh, being uh, booted there? Kind of was a future prospect, and they they obviously had seen enough.
1: Yeah, I'm not quite for sure what like uh, what's go- what's going on with Connor Cook. I know like the Raiders took him in the draft, and he started that one playoff game a couple of years ago where uh, our car got hurt. And so I guess you really can't base his whole career on that one game where they had to go to Houston for that. But uh, I mean, him being cut, I mean, I guess they know more than we do. I mean, uh, it just, I don't know, like you said, uh, you know, things that went into question about, you know, I don't know if his leadership ability or something like that, but uh, I, I know, this guy they picked up fails, you know, was with the dolphins. Once again, read one of the grasping headlines. that said the Patriots were looking at him at one point. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just starting to think that's the tagline of everything. Like whoever the lions pick up the Patriots had interest. So I don't know if the, if the person's actually good or if writers are just writing that to give lions fans, like hope like, Hey, we stole him from new England or like new England is just throw, floating like lines out there. It's like, Hey, we really like this guy, you know? So, uh, <laughs> sign side i'm not quite for sure
0: but, but but it's not we've already talked before i i don't view that as a bad thing we keep getting all this negative press about oh we're going after everybody the patriots like i mean they've done well they, they usually pick up and and have interest in good people so if we're swiping their guys i think that could only bode well for our team grifco we're not going to talk about it today man but obviously i'm getting excited as the season's leading up and i'm looking at it and uh I'm really loving our overall roster, man. I, I don't know. There's something about our skill players, our young defenders, you know, get some of these contract issues figured out with Slay and Harrison. I mean, I don't know if you have the same feeling, but I just really like the overall construction of this team. And then I think I was just thinking about it yesterday too. Um, you know, we'll be at that San Diego game and, uh, San Diego is a heck of a football team, man. They are probably one of the best teams, top to bottom. So I know we love going to that first game and, like, some years been a cupcake. But it's just been on my mind that uh, I know I'm going on a tangent off the quarterback. But I like our team. I like our depth. I like our youth. But, man, that first game at home in Ford Field is going to be a doozy against San Diego. Or L.A., sorry.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping that Rory's on the sideline again and, like, Melvin Gordon takes one around no. the edge and he gets pushed out of bounds and all of a sudden Rory <laughs> drops him. And then no, 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 Melvin we can't have in. that.
0: I got got, got, got Melvy in a bunch of leagues and I, I love him as a player. I like a lot of the, the Charger players, to be honest. But look, let me get let me get back to this fails, kid. I guess, like, you know, you were saying, um, I got his stuff pulled up here. So 28 years old, 6'1", 218, um, you know, has never really done, got any opportunities. Only has you know a couple hundred yards, one touchdown, one pick. I mean, I'm trying to remember, I see even where he went to school. I mean, I I've been seeing a lot of reports about Savage. Like they were saying he he has a really good arm and seemed to do well. I always thought he was terrible when they would when they went with him in Houston. But you know, I think we've been real fortunate. With uh, Stafford's health, but I don't know anything about this kid. But I'm hoping that uh, maybe Savage can be the guy, and this guy just has a little bit of upside or something. But I don't, I don't see anything to get too excited about.
1: Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know what they were thinking. If like they believe this guy could push Savage, because obviously Savage isn't going to push Stafford anywhere. So uh, if these two are on the same level, I mean, you just mentioned the makeup of the team. I think we're really, really hurting that backup quarterback. I think that may be like, uh, like the—I don't want to say like the non-deepest position. If you understand what I'm saying, that's probably like the weakest backups of anywhere on the team. If you were going to take, you know, if you were going to take any position, you know, running back, wide receiver, tight end, whatever, I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that our, our backup quarterbacks are definitely the weakest position on, on this team.
0: Yeah. Speaking of Griffin, you want to talk for the next 20 minutes about tight end depth? We can go into all the tight ends if you want to.
1: Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Logan Thomas and, you know, I'm glad they brought him back. You know, it's nice having a former quarterback in college out there at tight end, even though if he is a big man, you know, I saw him play at Virginia Tech. I mean, he does have a pretty good arm. So if they're going to run like a fake bootleg with him around the end, then he can throw a, like a, a pass back or something like that with Stafford, you know, rumbling down the sideline. How sweet a play would that be? When, so, when, uh, when
0: do you think we pull that out? Maybe week 17 when, uh, when <laughs> last play of the season or something?
1: Yeah, well, something like that, or or it's like one of those plays that you'll see like in week two of the preseason, and all the announcers be like, "It'll give the other team something to think about," which means right. it'll never freaking happen in the game. It's like, like when Jeff Fisher used to do all that stuff, run all these trick plays. Like other oh, teams got to look for that. Jeff Fisher was one of the most conservative coaches out there in, in game playing calling. He was just like pound the ball, you know, stuff. You know, come on, really? Well, okay, yeah, let's 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 make you know other teams think that they're actually trying to run like those, you know, four tall backs and, you know, the Dan Marino Tecmo bull run back to the goal line and he would 100 yards play. Yeah, okay.
0: Uh, so, Griffin, getting back to the topic, do you want to talk for 10 minutes about T.J. Hawkinson, your favorite player on the team?
1: No, I've, we can uh, we can lay off that one if we want to. I'm sure we'll have plenty more T.J. Hawkinson and how, you know, how he's going to Canton after one week and you know, preseason with the Lions. So.
0: Right. Hey, get this, I got a quick side item, so. Uh, I think it was earlier this year, maybe uh, last year or something, I was perusing eBay, as I do, and uh, somebody had a Mike Williams practice jersey, you know, big old number 88 eating his chicken wings uh, on eBay. But, like, usually the practice jerseys go for, you know, even, like, 75 120 some. They had it for like 20 bucks and this thing looked new. So I was like, for of course to- it did.
1: He never touched the field.
0: <laughs> right, but it's a sweet jersey. I mean, it's all custom tailored up and like it looked like again, it hadn't been beat up too much cuz uh, I don't think he was working too hard out there. So I snagged this thing up and kind of threw it in the closet, kind of forgot about it and uh Sure enough, dusted it off the other day. Number 88 is going to come in handy when I come see you next time. I might have to break it out. Uh, maybe I didn't get that have... thing customed on the backside with uh, the hockamania back there.
1: You better, as opposed to fat Mike Williams on the
0: back and small lettering. <laughs> Tell the people one of your favorite draft picks of all time, I'm sure, right? I mean, oh, you... yeah, the... Oh, you mean we're
1: all sitting over at Chuck Dog's house and that pick comes up and I just fall to my knees on the floor thinking, what the heck are they doing? <laughs> I are not a bunch of freaking morons. They've got three wide receivers. So good job, guys.
0: So, Great Griff, because you, you quit on the draft this year and we're too not man enough to let us like mark your scores down so we could tell you years later you were terrible, Like, tell the people what you would have taken in that draft since we can't go back and fact check you. Like, Who did you want over Mike Williams?
1: and uh derek johnson to um was the guy I, I really really liked and i know demarcus Ware went after that or whatever but derek johnson was the guy that i really really wanted him to get
0: yeah yeah he was uh he was good in the nfl for a long time i remember that draft a little bit it was a little for my time but uh of a, as being a fan but i remember uh, you know he, he was a uh, high highly touted and they you know, needed, could have used a guy like that, no doubt. So uh, a few side tangents there, Grifka. Let, let's get back to the matter at hand. So uh, now now I've got you on Twitter. I think you got about uh, 50 followers, maybe 20. I don't remember. Are you up to the hundreds yet?
1: No, nah, man, I don't, I don't pine for followers like you. With a, <laughs> we'll, we'll tweet for food or we'll tweet to make you feel better.
0: You know, Grifka, I don't know if you know about this, but I mentioned a few times on the show that there's like, half of this podcast that puts in work so like me me being on twitter is so that people can know the show is out here and listen and then they make fun of you um and join me in that so that's why it's I do okay it.
1: i don't i don't know those people so i mean
0: <laughs> okay well anyway we got you on there you know what it is i don't think you knew what twitter was less than six months ago when i got you going on this but we got you on there and i don't know if i sent them to you but Mr. Snacks Harrison's been tweeting, man, the last little while. He's been putting out these cryptic tweets talking about, it's above me now, uh, y'all will know soon, um, big news coming soon. I mean, got everybody going, okay, is he getting an extension? Is he traded? Does he hate the team? Does he love the team? What the heck is going on with this guy? Sure enough, man, it comes out uh, the other day, dude had twins, man. B- big news was uh, this, this kind of hidden fact that he was – having uh a couple children into the world twins I'm sure hoping that's sort of where, where he was headed with some of those about the uh, big news coming soon I hope that was the big news and I hope that even if he needs a little you know let's let's get let's get snacks a little more dough let's keep his years where they're at like what does he have two more years here on the deal let's just kick him some extra money take care of the twins and get him back on the field come uh come late July how about that
1: yeah I can understand um if he's skipping uh OTAs you know for the birth of twins I mean I mean one child at a time is a handful I I can't imagine having twins you know at, at once you know and having to take care of both of them and I, I do know a few people that do have twins and it's one of those things they say it's just that uh it's very very taxing early on so uh I can completely understand that so you're right I hope, hopefully that's what he was uh being cryptic about I mean you have to think that's probably what it was and that's a pretty well-kept secret. I mean, if that's one of those things that a lot of people didn't know, I'm sure obviously his, you know, his family knew, but you know, I mean, even like your boy, Dave Brickett you know, Justin Rogers wasn't even writing about that, you know, so uh, that's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, shout out to the big Hughes, man. He, uh, kind of helped start the show and helped do some work behind the scenes for us. And he uh, recently had twins and he, he is definitely keeping him busy. You know, he's, he's rarely able to, you know, uh, be on the show, or he's still enjoying some fantasy football with me, which is cool, but he's uh, got both hands full, let's put it that way, with those two that he has, and I'm sure snacks will feel the same way, but congratulations to him, man, and like say, we were just, got our minds turning with all these crazy tweets, man, we just need to get you back on the football field, and have you love in Detroit, man, because we uh, we love having you as a Lion, so we had that as news, Grifka, and let's just hit on it before we uh, get to our main topics, uh, the Lions will not beyond hard knocks Uh, thank goodness signed Matt Pat Bob Quinn Matt Stafford the whole team Uh, I'm sure you're crying in your cereal whatever your catchphrase is because you were so badly wanting to see this just as a as a as a a fan right Griff because a fan didn't care about anything else just thought as a fan it'd be cool
1: yeah exactly I mean, that would have been cool as a fan. I mean, I realize you want to talk about this being like the fans' podcast, but you're always thinking it from the GM's <laughs> podcast. So, I mean, I, I know you're probably thinking about, you know, ticketing parking, pr- and parking prices and how much should they should charge hot dogs and, right. you know, stuff like that, you know, because that all goes into this team. So we should talk about that on the podcast as well. So, but, um yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm slightly disappointed that – uh that they're not on hard knocks, but I hear you know early on that John Gruden's not happy about it, so I think he's just de- saying that so we can get more of his you know, more of the side by side chucky pitchers on ESPN and stuff like that.
0: So Griff, you know why I'd go GM is so we give the people a little more depth than your takes, which usually let's get Antonio Brown, he's good at football. Hey, the the sky is blue. Hey, Barry Sanders was good. Like, you yeah. know, we, we need a little more than that, buddy.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, because your takes are so awesome.
0: This guy's a Hall of Famer because the Lions
1: took him in the seventh round. He will be awesome in five years, even though he'll be can- camp fodder. So that's fine. <laughs> everybody's great on the Lions. You know, they're awesome. They're great. You say everybody sucks, and I say everybody's great. <laughs> Plus, they're cheap, so they got a rule because they make less than 100 bucks.
0: Okay, are you done? Yeah, I'm finished. <laughs> okay. Um. Let's uh, What we're going to do, everybody, we're going to uh, come back from the break and we're going to talk about OTAs, overview, things we heard, pictures we saw, you know, kind of what happened, just do uh, some some overview of that. And then uh, we're going to take some Q&As. We've got some questions we'll go through, and then we'll talk about now what? What the heck do we do now for the next little while with uh, football around the corner? It's crazy. It's only about a month and a half away till camp, uh, but it will be a little bit of a um, period. So, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. We are back and we got Grifka here and Grifka. The Lions were in OTAs. Matt Pat was at the podium. Players were running around in shorts and t-shirts. Um, everybody looks good. Um, you know, this is the oakery time of year where we're all Super Bowl champions. Everybody looks like an all pro. I loved it. I'm sure you've got some things to nitpick. What, what'd you pick out?
1: Um, I really like how, uh, Stafford and Amendola are, uh, coming together. It's the, uh, if Amendola is obviously going to be that slot receiver, and Stafford used him an awful lot when Golden Tate was there, so I think that that'll be big if they can get on the same page early. And um, if Amendola is just there to, you know, help move the chains, you know, be a little scat guy underneath like that, uh, I think that'll really help the offense. So if they get on the same page quickly, that can that can only help the team. So I really like that. Uh, I really like signing a curse. I I believe that definitely helps the. Uh, the offense out. I mean, that's uh, four really established, you know, good established wide receivers on the team. I know we're we're kind of pine and hoping for some of those young guys, you know, to get some PT. But having four established guys out there, um, that's just once again just going to boost the offense. And honestly, I think that's going to help help the run game because once again, that's not going to allow defenses just to jam the box full of uh, full of defenders. So if there's a you know they're running three rot three wide, even at points maybe. Four wide, you know, with those guys, I've, that that can only help the team.
0: Yeah, man, good stuff there. I, uh, I don't know. The big thing I took from it is, you know, this is another year. This is year three where where Bob Quinn has basically looked at the team after the year and said, okay, where do we suck? And he's like identified those, and then he went put resources there to get us better you know i i feel like uh you know we did we did the old line you know the old line was terrible and he put some big resources in and got that fixed you know then we had some uh we had some you know issues at the running back position he poured some resources in there got us carry on johnson this year just just the fact that i look at our depth chart i say like, okay we had. We literally had, going into the season, into game one, we had Luke Wilson as our, basically our number one or our signing at tight end. Like, you know, now I look down that depth chart and I see like three or four guys that are quality before I would ever get to a Luke Wilson type. You know, we got upside there. We've got bigger guys. We got playmaking ability. I think he totally went and, and you know, not only got lots of options there that will all sort itself out in camp, but... You know, identified that, like, that was just a completely missing, wasteless position last year. So I like that when we're going through OTAs. It seemed like, you know, every highlight video, there's Hawkinson everywhere, and you see Jesse James doing some things. And, um, you know, I think Logan Thomas is still a real big kind of wild card. You know, can he really make the roster? You know, or, or this Isaac Nada, like, remember me and you ragged on him after he did terrible at the combine, and now we got. Lions coaches coming out saying he's got the best hands, you know, in the draft at the tight end position over the guy you drafted at number eight, basically. I don't know why you'd make that comment, but, um, you know, I think that's that's intriguing and caught my eye as well as, um, you know, there wasn't much said about Justin Coleman, you know, like I feel like he we brought him in at a really big price tag and I didn't see many articles where they said, you know, oh, he's like really locking it down or he looks impressive, but, I feel like Bob Quinn did put some nice resources and some reconstructing of not only the corners, but some of these safeties. I, I continue to kind of do research on Will Harris, like for some reason, he just intrigues me. They took him in the third round, you know, trying to find out and everything I look and read about this guy, I mean, it just m- makes me more and more impressed. And I heard one report saying that he just moves around really great out there, fluid, Big. I mean, the guy's 6'1", 210 pounds. Hasn't even been in the NFL weight room. I looked at his age the other day. Grifka, Will Harris just turned twenty. They drafted what? him at nineteen, I believe, is what I saw, unless Google has it wrong. So that 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 shocked me. That that's that's young for a guy who not wasn't you know a flash in the pan at BC. So I I think between our nickel corner and our safeties, being able to move them around, play matchup games, as well as maybe blitz some more. Um, those are two things that not only I was excited about, but we're kind of coming out. And then my boy Travis Folgum, he got some play. They kind of said he was making some nice plays uh, here and there, which is good to hear. And Brandon Powell, you know, kind of uh, was doing some things. Griff I don't know if we need to bring this on the show, but I was listening to ninety seven one the other day, and uh, Gator every time they were asking him about Brandon Powell, he's going pow. Like, like, i i i think that's how we have to say it every time that just made me laugh just, uh, like throwing it out there which is tremendous but uh yeah man I, I agree with you i think the receivers are gonna be really interesting to watch i i like our db corner safety depth and uh look out for these tight ends grifka don't sleep on them
1: yeah i won't sleep on them i mean uh you know jesse james gonna have a great year looking forward to it
0: did, did you already peg down uh you know, I'm sure Griff could, because you're just, uh, you know, you're locked into everything we do here on the Detroit Kool Aid Cast. So, so me and me and Chuck been doing the fantasy football flavor once a week, and then I'm also, um, get this, I got to throw this out to the people. Be on the lookout. I think I'm gonna do a podcast on Thursday. Thursday, I'm doing another fantasy draft where we basically own an NFL team, 53 man roster, 32 owners, salary cap, and I own the Lions. So I think I'm going to turn on the mic when that thing gets rolling and explain to the people how I literally backed up what I say, Grifka, and fixed the Lions, um, you know, absolutely made them what I envisioned them to be, not just all the talking that you do and then disappear to what, what was it? Uh, hopscotch, uh, you know, uh seesaw, whatever you were up to. Like I, I, I say these things and then I go out and do it uh, and reshape the team. So I may tell people about that, but on the, Fantasy football flavor, Grifka. Did you hear Chuck say what he thought Jason Witten was going to get stat-wise at tight end? No, I did not. This fool, I started bagging on him for Jason (coughs) Witten because, you know, he's... Forty-year-old Jason Witten or whatever, and he is acting like he's in his prime. And I go, "What is Jason Witten going to get for stats?" I go, "Give that to me so Griffka can hear it because he loves tight end stats. That's all he thinks about." He goes, "Oh, I don't know. He'll probably get like eight hundred yards and you know, a seven, eight plus touchdowns or something like that." I was, I was, I almost, I almost turned off the podcast right then. So I, I threw out TJ Hawkins' numbers the other day for another project I'm working on at about. 600 to 700 yards and 7 to 10 touchdowns and probably up in the 70 plus catches. I mean tell tell the people again where you're at with this guy numbers wise cuz that's all you seem to care about.
1: You, you gave him over you gave him how many yards?
0: <laughs> yes, do do you have your Whistler 2000 turned up Griffcut? I got TJ Hawkinson at 6 to 700 yards seven to 10 TDs and 70 plus catches.
1: Okay. <laughs> That's not going to happen, but congratulations. I'm <laughs> glad, glad you feel so, so happy about this guy. I mean, okay. Okay. I mean,
0: re- reiterate to the people what you have just so you can get more hate now.
1: Okay. Maybe uh, 400 yards, uh, three to five touchdowns, maybe 45, 50 catches
0: man, to me, those are all upticked from your earlier numbers. We had him at about 300 or 200 yards, two, three touchdowns, and two catches a game, but okay. I don't think
1: I ever had him at that, but he's not going to, like I said, he's not going to put up grok numbers just because you took him at number eight because you got, like, like you said, like, the Lions drafted him, so all of a sudden he's just going to have a bust in Canton because he was, like, the number one tight end on the board. I mean, okay, but, I mean, if you think rookie tight ends put up that, that type of stats up. Feel free, I mean, but it's not going to happen. I, so mean, not, not I remember. Get, I remember a few years uh, ago when so you said Terrell go. Pryor was going to throw up ten touchdowns and thousand yards, and I think you finished the season with what ten, you know, with like ten yards on two catches or something like that. I mean, so you've you've missed you've missed before. So and and Terrell Pryor was an established wide receiver in the NFL. So dude, that's not going to happen either. I mean, it's just he's not going to have that amount. But congratulations, I mean, throwing that out there, going out on your mythical limb.
0: Okay. I, I love how you like put these like little things in your memory bank of like the the one big swing and miss I have, and like you don't Dude, acknowledge one big swing
1: and miss. You don't
0: acknowledge, oh, he was injured or this, that, and the other half. Dude, happened, he this. wasn't oh, injured he that
1: year. He wasn't injured that year. No, I didn't bring up because I remember our debate last year. You when you asked me, you go, do you think Carryon Johnson will have a thousand yards? And I go, no. I mean, he didn't, but he got injured. But I never say that. Because yes, he got injured. I mean, fine, I'll let that one slide. Because who knows? He might have got a thousand yards if he wouldn't have gotten injured. But your, your that was your <sighs> Terrell Pryor. That was like taking a wrecking ball to just the, just an old building. That was like watching the sands fall in Las Vegas. I mean, that's how bad that was. It was just like you know they had the countdown of how crappy that prediction was. I mean, I mean that was that was horrible. I mean, for a guy who's just like he was just like oh I, I got this I got this this. He's awesome. No, he's not. He's not awesome, and I told you that. And I'm like, whatever, okay. But okay, but so the po- once the again, point if, was, if you're, that's if you're the one thing. If predicted, a- so, okay, fine. We'll write this. You, you got it on tape. So next year we're we'll gonna be like, check the tape, check the tape. Yeah, check the tape. Go write it on a whiteboard somewhere in your kitchen. You know, I'll go write it on the whiteboard in my kitchen. You're 700 yards and 10 TDs with 70 plus catches. So, like, when you come over, you know, after next year, I can just jam that in your face and say, like, hey, man, I'm a hell of a lot closer to 300 yards and two touchdowns, like, you know. So, okay, though, we got it. I mean, and like I said, and like I said, my boy, Rock Yassian, was a lot closer to the first round than he was the third round. You had him in the third round. I mean, he went, what, the second, third pick in the second round? I mean, okay, he's a lot closer to the first round. So, uh, yeah, okay. So, okay, Mr. GM, make the team in your own ways. Let's remember, you have some swings and misses, too. So. Are you done? Yeah, I'm
0: done. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm going to swing back for half a second because, like, Grifko, we've said this a million times on the show. It's not hard to bag on everyone and say everyone's going to suck or have really minimal stats, knowing that if they do that, you're right if they don't you're happy because you're a Lions fan. So you get you never get any credit for any of your predictions until you actually grow a set and do a prediction that matters because as Chuck did on the fantasy football flavor he covered himself on he actually did your tagline he didn't even know it. He did the will he be good? No. Do I hope so? Yes. Like that gets nothing because that's just the easiest thing in the world to do. That's like saying, "Oh, I don't think my team will win, but I sure hope so." Like get that get that crap out of here man that's why you bag on me for all my stuff cuz it's it's leaning towards positive because then I open myself up for if he does suck or he does get hurt or he does put up two touchdowns, you and all the other bags can say, I told you so. When well, if he, if he, he, he does what I said, you'll be like, oh, man, get me that Hawkinson jersey. Have it FedEx to my house uh, because you got yourself covered. And that's just weak. That's weak sauce, man. You no, know what's it.
1: weak sauce? What's weak sauce is you just like throwing like these pie in the sky numbers out there for everybody. And then when they hit, you're like, yeah, I won the money. Like I said, you're the guy that goes to the racetrack, bets on every horse, you know, and like, then it's like, I won. Well, yeah, you bet on every horse. So it's not, it's not tough to say like you won when you bet on everybody to do well. I mean, so if you, I mean, if you actually thought about it and step back and looked and say like, yeah, this is what's going to happen. I mean, you're like, oh, I, he's going to throw out all these stats. Why? Why? W- w- what, why w- what are you getting w- Where's this coming from where you believe in your heart, heart, seeing this past trends of rookie tight ends and tight ends that get the ball, get, they get the ball on this team. And with oh Daryl Bevel's God. offense, where you actually believe that TJ Hawkinson is going to get 70 plus catches, seven to 10 touchdowns and seven to not a thousand yards, 700 to a thousand yards. What makes you believe that is going to actually happen? Where where are you just, or are you just throwing that out there because you're so glad they got this guy?
0: Griffka, I'm throwing that out there because I'm using what's called a brain and looking at the situation, not just looking at the last 10 years going, well, that must be it because all the other tight ends didn't, weren't good. Griffka, I just did the math for you. If he gets 600, because if you listen to me, again, I don't think the miracle here is working today for you. Uh, I said 600 to 700, so anywhere in that range. And I just did the math. If he gets 600 yards in a season, Griffka, you want to know what that works out to per game?
1: What that yeah, yeah, sure. I don't have. Yeah. I don't have my calculator or okay, my brain right now. I'll, I'm not. I'll, I'm not. I'm not the. I'm not the human computer. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm gonna help you out because you act like it's this momentous occasion. He would have to average. 37 yards a game to end up with 600 over the year. So, oh my goodness, let's say he gets let's say he gets 700, which is so impossible for a football player. Wow, 43 yards a game Griff But I bet there's no way he could average that. Now let now if he somehow got 80 to 100, you want to see where that average goes way down. So, so that's your first mistake. Your second one is you act like you know touchdowns are a little bit fluky, but this guy can is going to be featured in the red zone. Like, I'm just putting that number high because even if his yards were down per se, I think he's going to score touchdowns. And then the other thing, the reason why I say 70 catches is possible, do you remember a guy named Brandon Pettigrew who caught like 82, three years in a row? Do you think he's better than TJ Hawkinson? Yeah, I don't think so. But so that's pull why up i come Brandon up those numbers.
1: Pull up Brandon Pettigrew's rookie stats right now. Okay. Pull them up will do. And, and and if they're close to that, fine. I'll give you a little bit of credit of his 600 yards, his eight touchdowns, and his, you know, and his uh what what you know, his 70 plus catches cuz you keep bringing that up. But I don't think Brandon Pettigrew had that many catches as a rookie.
0: Okay, well, first of all, he he only played 11 games and he had he had 30 for 350 and 2 TDs but next year when he had 16 games worth 71 snags 700 yards and 4 TDs for Ban- Brandon freaking Pettigrew. and then the right. next year his, his second third year, year in the NFL? his
1: second year his second year thank okay. you very much okay oh, so i'm uh, i'm basing this i'm basing on. this on rookie stats but once again but okay, I mean you got to figure it out. Like I said, all those other teams that took tight ends in the first round, they just missed because they didn't need or they didn't need a tight end. So why would they take one in the first, you know, the top 10? But you know, all those other teams are wrong. Hawkinson, he's
0: the guy. He's the guy because you say he is. Okay. I'm glad you classified it, that it's this rookie year that's your big hang-up, because it's all about the player, yeah. Grifka. It's not about, oh, in his rookie year, he sucks, but then in years you no two and three, th- it can you be You talk good. about me hedging
1: my bet. You're doing the same thing. You throw out these mad stats, but then what he doesn't get him, he's just like, oh, well, did we win games? Did he help us win games? Did he... So which one do you want? Do you want the stats or do you want the wins? <laughs> I mean, you, you do the same thing you complain me about doing. So what if the Lions go out there win 11, 12 games and he has 300 yards and um, two touchdowns and, you know, 50 catches, but we won the games, though. Right. Your I don't stats care. Are way
0: off. But yeah, so I, I, I'm not like you. I'm not going for the personal victory. I want the team to be good. You were just all hung up on stats, so I gave you my projections, and you can't understand them because you you can't comprehend tight no, ends I are, understand. are decent. No, I understand
1: rookie tight ends. I mean, I realize NFL football didn't show didn't start until Derek Oakery showed up, you know, and I realized Lions football didn't start until you started watching. We're, we're not talking happened about happened rookie tight ends.
0: We're talking about TJ Hawkinson for the Detroit Lions. And we are I care less about. T-
1: we are talking. We are talking the average stats of a rookie tight end, and that's nowhere that's near what, what you're, what you're throwing out. But you're putting that out there like it's going to happen. That's like what he's going to be the featured. He's going to be the featured guy.
0: I could ask you about any player with no name on it, and all you would do is go to, you know, f- Pro Football Reference and figure out what the average is and and who the worst guy was, and tell me. Well, that's what they do. You don't. You don't okay, care. Okay, what was the best situation. guy to have rookie stats? Look
1: that up, and then you know. If <laughs> but it's does it matter? You,
0: I, I don't understand what it matters or where we're going here. Like, I, don't,
1: I don't. I don't get. I don't get why you just. I mean, yet yeah, because you threw some numbers out there. So it's just like because he's only got an average X amount of yards a game, and he's going to be featured in the red zone. They signed Jesse James, they got they signed Danny Amendola, they signed they still have Marvin Jones down there, and like they still have Kenny Galladay down there. So, are you saying within like the five inside the ten, TJ Hawkinson's going to be the guy? Oh. And not to mention a running, not to mention you know they signed CJ Anderson, they got Kerryon Johnson back there. There's only one football on the team, man.
0: <laughs> okay, and I and I hate to I hate to kill you with numbers. We got to move on, but my 70 catches, which is so impossible. That's four grabs a game. His his seven touchdowns at a low end that I threw out, Grifka. That's like, that's like less than. I mean, that's like an average of one a game. Or no, that's that's like a half a touchdown or less a game. So what? One game he has two. A few weeks he has zero. Like it it, it averages out. Like I don't I don't understand your. Uh, Walking at some of these numbers, where it's just like they're not really that crazy. I know that every every rookie tight end has to get, you know, thirty catches, two hundred yards, and then their second year, then they can be good. I'm just, I'm just so I don't annoyed think it can by be this. Good,
1: but you just you think it's just going to happen, and it it doesn't. That's all I'm saying is that it doesn't. I mean, you just you just firmly believe that you know he's he's going to get the stats because. You really like him. And it's like, cool, you can really like him. But just realize, and I've said it before, he's just not gonna put up mad stats as a rookie tight end. Even though it's just like, well, if it average it out over sixteen games, okay. But it's it's not gonna happen.
0: <laughs> okay. I, I don't know what exactly happened there. It was somewhat entertaining and like one of these days you'll you'll get your head out of the sand about it. Like one guy is the same as the other 10 before him, because that's not how real life works.
1: I, w- I wish we had it where, like, you had stats for, like, Eric Ebron, too, because I'm sure you probably threw out some mad stats for this guy, too, talking about how he could catch the ball at North Carolina and how he could get down the seam. And uh, I'm sure you probably put out some, you know, mad stats for that guy, too. So, okay.
0: All right. Let me get to questions so that we don't just argue for another 20 minutes.
1: I'm sure our listeners love it.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. One last thing on it is that there's part of me inside that thinks, like, and no, let's put it this way, knows on the surface. With most of our arguments, because you take the the simple way, you take the consensus, you take the, the years gone by type of old approach that, yeah, you have the percentage chance of at the end of the year going. See, Oakry, he had 35 catches, 40 catches. He only had 350 yards and four touchdowns. See, I told you. Like that's that's the easy way. That's the that's the the simple answer. And that's the other reason I bag on you so much is that never have I ever heard you go on a limb and say, "Man, this guy is going to be good. He's going to be the outside the norm." It's just always. Let let me tell you what's happened 30 years ago in the NFL, and that's what's going to happen again. And so I'm already barring the fact that, like, if we had odds, like, it's like 70-30 odds that you'll be more right than wrong. But I'm betting on the 30% that this guy can be featured and do better things and willing to go out on the limb. That's what I do.
1: But if you go out on the limb for everybody, aren't you just the boy who cried wolf? And people like, you know, I mean, that's what it is. If you say everybody's going to be good, then like Chris, when like Chris, the you say that this hit, every like,
0: show, like if you ever would listen to like, I don't know, half the things I say, there's plenty of players on here. I say he's not good. I don't like that player. Hey, I wouldn't take him in the draft. All you hear are the ones when I say they're good because they're usually the guys you don't think will be good. That's what happens. Even, I don't Even love if everybody. you say you wouldn't,
1: even if you say you wouldn't take them in the draft and the lines do take them, You spin it somehow how it's going to be good. I mean, you're not going to say like, God, I don't know how they took this guy. This guy's going to really suck. I mean, you never do that. You spin, well, you know, you got to back him. He's on the Lions. Why? If you think he sucks, stick with it. I mean, if you thought the guy sucked before the draft and all of a sudden the Lions got him, all of a sudden he's going to be good. No, I mean, if you thought he sucked, say he sucks. I mean, that's all there is to it. You don't have to like spin it into something great or something that could be, you know, he's going to be, you know, we'll give him a chance. Why? If you thought he
0: sucked before the draft, what changed just because the Lions took him. Okay. We, we heard you the first couple times. I, I think I've done that, but yeah, I, I do do the spin more because I get annoyed by people like you that just, if it's not your perfect favorite player. Oh man, that was, that was a bad pick. Knowing in your heart of hearts, you want him to be good. Knowing that if he does suck, yeah, that's going to be real good for our football team. So, uh, I think the smart approach, as not only a fan but a guy that loves football, uh, is to, you know, be on the optimistic side because who wants to say he sucks and then he does so suck you know... and then you be like, "Wow, I'm so glad I was right," and it kills my team for the next five years. Way to go, Grifka! Happy that
1: point that point makes no sense if you know football and you're and you think the guy's terrible and you've you've done your research. And you're like, this guy's not good. This guy's not good at this, but all of a sudden, because the Lions took it, but you're saying That's you know so football, dumb. but you're going to be asti- optimistic now. That 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 point makes zero sense. That makes zero sense. If you know he sucks, <laughs> but the Lions took him, so you're going to spin it and be optimistic. It doesn't matter. Grifka. That, that, that makes no. But you say you know football, so, but you're going to spin it to make it sound good. That doesn't make no sense. That makes zero sense. <laughs> Okay, I'm glad to make you know, zero we didn't sense We don't have to talk to about this. You're the one that brought up the tight end and want to like pat yourself on the back, man. But so fine,
0: go ahead. Okay, but as you would say in previous shows, if you want to go listen, is that we've been over this a million times. Like, then why do you keep bringing it up? The reason I I'm optimistic, even regardless, sometimes of my initial thoughts, is because he's on our team. Like you're the lions fan that sits back and like wants them to win super bowls and playoff games yet every time it comes around all you do is be negative all you do is beat up these guys before they even have done anything like and then when they do do something then you just you say oh see he's terrible or wow see he's really good like we've been over this a million times because that's the simple fact, is I want our team to be good. So, okay, when they put on a Lions jersey, yeah, I'm hoping they'll be good for our team. You are trying to win battles at that point, saying, like, man, I said he would suck. I Watch. And then it's like, okay, Griff, go watch. Like, I really hope he's going to be bad so that you're right. Like, good job, buddy. Like, I'm, I'm really proud of you. Like, does that make any sense on your side? So,
1: that makes no sense. If, okay, yeah, it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. If I'm realistic and I'm thinking, no, this guy's not as this guy's not that good. He's not good. This is what he does. This is what I he does. He does this wrong. I don't like this. I don't like this about him. And if I'm right on it, how does that make me bad? Just because I'm like not sitting here going, come on, but he could do this and he, he's going to be great if you just give him a chance. And I mean, I mean, really, if I if I'm smart, if 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 I'm looking at the guy's words, saying. Oh, just because oh, he's on the team. Oh, I'm sorry. Just because he's on the team. Oh, he's on the team, so he'll be good. As opposed to me being realistic, going, gosh, this guy's not as good as this guy. You know, I wish we had this. You bag on me for Brett Favre, and I name off all the other crappy quarterbacks the Lions had. And don't act like every Lions fan would not have taken Brett Favre during that time over all that garbage we had in the defensive in, in the offensive backfield. Give me a break. I know he played for the Packers, and I'm supposed to hate him, but I would have taken him over any other stiff that we threw in the back back there. Why? Because you're right. I knew football, and I knew he was good. But, hey, yeah. I mean, since he played for somebody else, I was supposed to hate on him, and I was supposed to love Stoney Case and Charlie Batch and Scott Mitchell.
0: I was supposed to love all that garbage. Okay. First of all, people – we're not going to get to our questions. Me and Grifka maybe got a couple more minutes of fighting, and then this show will be over. But first – First of all, let's go to that point real quick because I think you just buried yourself. First of all.
1: Why? Because I know football? Because I knew I knew talent on the field. I buried myself. Makes an awful lot of sense. Are you done? No, because you're going to rip on me for liking somebody who was good. <laughs> That's the stupidest thing I've ever freaking heard. Brett Favre is a Hall of Famer, won a Super Bowl, and I'm dumb because he was on Green Bay and I recognize talent. But, you know, I was supposed to go fall in love with Scott Mitchell, and I was supposed to go love and fall in love with Charlie Batch and John Kitna. That's the dumbest thing I've ever freaking heard. But go ahead. Make your point to make me sound stupid.
0: The point is, Grifka, if you want to relate it to your big argument that you got here, is you didn't know Brett Favre coming out of this Bodunk school they went to was going to be good. What you did is, like, he got taken by, what, the Falcons, and then – the, the Packers guy had this foresight to trade for him. He had, like, five years of incredible skills. And then you went Grifka and go, wow, I love this guy. He's a great quarterback. Like, by then, everybody's like, yeah, no no crap, right? Really? So so you didn't project okay, him okay. out to be good. Hold on. Okay, hold Okay. On. let's Not do this. Done. Let let's me go. D- go. Go ahead. And talk. To
1: finish your point because I'm going to come back on you on that because you and me didn't know each other at that point. So go ahead and finish your point because I'm going to prove you wrong. <laughs> okay. And I don't even drop names of people who freaking ripped on me. So go ahead.
0: Okay. Go ahead. I Finish your point. I can't wait to hear that. So so you go ahead. so so you knew uh that Favre is going to be good. But let me go with my premise that you didn't know until after the fact. So you're then rooting or loving a guy from Green Bay while in the midst of like rooting for the Lions, your hometown team. You're sitting there and like watching the stony cases, the uh all the myriad of guys you named off. And then when they're not playing good football, you're like this guy sucks, man. He's terrible. Like, man, I wish I had Brett Favre. Like, what is, what does that do? I don't see what you get from that. Do you get a joy out of like, okay, there's a guy for another team that everybody knows is good that your team really had never had a chance at regardless. And then you just bag on the quarterbacks we have, because they're obviously not good. Like, isn't that just what any, like, Couch fan does and says on Monday morning. See, I told you so. When they had no clue on Saturday or Sunday morning. Sounds like it.
1: So if once again, if I recognize talent and say, I wish I, we had that guy as opposed to the scrap we had back there, I'm being dumb. Okay, that makes that makes an awful lot of sense. It, it really does. So I'm supposed to go out and root and hope hope you know junk gets you know turns from water into wine. As opposed to going, I wish we had this guy back there. If we we have this guy, we would be better. Okay, that makes no sense. So anyways, back to your point about me waiting five years, ten years to think Brett Favre was good. Okay, so you're right. Yeah, he got drafted by the Falcons, went to Green Bay, and then his, sec- his second year there, he took over for Don Mikowski. Do you remember Don Mikowski? Probably not because you weren't watching football at that time. And Brett Favre came in, led a comeback victory in Green Bay against Cincinnati Bengals. You've probably heard that story since then, since you started picking up football, and you probably know a little bit about Brett Favre's history. Okay, so Brett Favre's second full year of starting was probably about the, if you would rank him beforehand, he's probably somewhere about the mid-tier quarterback. We were doing fantasy football. Yes, I was doing fantasy football, and I know you rip on me for not doing it anymore, but, you know, fine. I took Brett Favre in the first round, and my friend Chad, my brother Joe, and my friend Rob just ripped on me. He said he's not a first-round quarterback. He's not. What are you doing, Mike? You don't know what you're doing. You're stupid. This guy's better. This guy's better. Brett Favre went out and had an awesome year. But you're right. I thought he sucked, but I I was waiting 10 years to say he was good. I remember that story. Oh, yeah, by the way, I won my fantasy football league that year behind Brett Favre. But, hey, it's cool. You knew me then, so you're going to drop crap on me right there. No, you didn't. So, yeah, I'm going to go because I recognize talent. I'm a moron because that's what you're throwing at me. That's what you're saying. I can't wish for better players on the Detroit Lions. I'm just supposed to like the junk that they threw out there at those times on those teams. Okay, that makes an
0: awful lot of sense. Most of the stuff you call junk, you've never even like seen or they haven't played. You you assume junk and then hope for good. I hope they're good, and then if they are junk, yeah, I can tip no, my cap. See, the problem is I
1: watch college football, so I see them on Saturdays. Oh, you No, oh, yo, go ahead and laugh it up. Just because you got to wait for somebody to tell you to check out this guy, to throw him on your big board somewhere because you haven't seen him play. <laughs> oh, really? So you saw TJ Hawkinson playing at Iowa, did you? You saw You saw Saturday games, right? That's what that's what you're telling me. No, you, you threw up some videos that were thrown together after somebody told you he's a good tight end. Because you didn't see him play on Saturday. Oh, wait, you might have watched the Michigan game because you have told me you watch some college football like big games and you, you watch Michigan games. But you're right, because I, I see him play a little
0: more. You're right. He's a tight end in the first <laughs> round. i told you why. Let's not but... get started on this because your your whole I watch a game from start to finish versus like doing all types of other research has no water with me whatsoever because you sitting down on your chair watching two games versus me like watching highlights, reading up on the guy, like seeing where he's projected by experts and putting that all together and coming up with a consensus idea is is You know, you don't want to go into that argument because it it just doesn't float. Like, okay, good. You watched a a physical game from first quarter to fourth. Congratulations, as you would say. Like, that really is not anything to do with, like, knowing what a player is really all about. It's just one little grain of sand.
1: I have a question. When you watch these videos, do you watch their – do you see see their warts? Or are you just pulling up highlight videos? Because, like I said, I can make you look like a Hall of Famer in a highlight video. That's why it's called a highlight video. I'm not talking just TJ Hawkinson. I'm just talking in general. Do you pull up their bad videos where they made mistakes? Or are you just like throwing up videos just like, wow, look at this play. Wow, look at this play. Wow, look at this play. Like I said, I can make you look like a Hall of Famer (laughs) in a highlight video. Oh,
0: my gosh. That's a a bell for that tagline. Grifka, like, there's no – I mean, we can do it on another show if you want. But, like, I don't think you have any idea the time that I uh, spend in, like, doing – What is the draft research? Because I don't watch a million games because it's pretty much a waste of time to sit down there and from what am I going to do from eight till midnight, just watch game after game and say, oh, I got a, a real good day. I watched four football games. Or do I put like a couple months into trying to figure out? And of course, like if I loved everything about everybody, how would I sort players? How would I be able to talk about them and say, oh, the Lions should look at this guy or, hey, I love this guy in the draft. I would just say, uh, well, it's a good draft to uh, go. You know, like I don't do that. I obviously have takes on people. So obviously I, I have them ranked. I have them things I don't like about players. I mean, it's just simple. So, so I mean, just yeah,
1: but the where, where the, are you getting this information to like, look at these guys? Are you just pulling up random guys? I mean, I'm just I'm just wondering. You said you sit down and watch videos and I realize why experts do it because it's their job. So they go out. Yes, those guys go out and watch game and they break down tapes for hours and hours and hours. That's what they do. But how are, you, how are you picking a guy out of, out of thin air to say, like, I'm going to check out this guy today? Yeah, he's a fourth rounder. Where, where, where are you doing that? I mean, I'm, I'm just wondering that, first of all. Because, you, yeah, you may sit down and, like, read up on guys. You may look at a lot of videos on the guy online. But where, where ultimately are you picking out videos and stuff? Or where, where are you deciding? It's like, I want to look at this guy to peg this guy as a sixth rounder. I want to peg this guy as a third rounder. You know, where, where are you getting this? Just out of curiosity.
0: Okay, well, oh, I'm trying to compose myself here because, like, I'm so frustrated that you pick out these these onesies, twosies, and then, like, go oh, off. They're onesie that, twosies. That, I'm oh, just asking where do you I, get your information from I to knew, look up, guys. I knew Brett Barr, but then I don't want to crack on you for all the other times where, like, you know, I've seen you stumble on people, too. So, like, the way I do it, Griska is, like... When, it, when I'm going into the valuation process, like I said, it's not about long game watching. It's about, you know, not only watching, you know, you'll come up with a, a group of people you like based on you look at all these round projections oh hey that guy's in a third round he's a corner we might need him so then that starts the process of maybe you watch a few highlight videos maybe you read up on the guy maybe you like compare it to where he's at at other sites you see his size you know how old is he all this stuff comes into play that we put together I'm listening to podcasts getting other people's opinion on stuff that do you know like you said do all the expert research because there's just not enough hours in the day but I put all that together and then come up with a feeling for a player. I don't say why I watched him on my Lazy Boy on Saturday. He sucks uh, because that's not a that's not one putting in the work and two, like coming up with all these other opinions. Wait, maybe I watched a bad game. Maybe um, I couldn't see him on the video because you can barely see anything when you're actually watching a game on regular TV video. All that stuff comes into play. So like for you just to crack on all these players or for you to take that negative approach of like like. Like right now, you can be negative. When the season comes around, you'll turn positive. When things don't go well, you'll go back to negative. Like it's just it's a revolving cycle, and that's why I come after you is because you don't take a stand on one side or the other. You just wait and see, and then you got yourself covered, and then you can pluck these little things out. Oh, I knew Brett Favre. Oh, I Slay was going to be good. Okay, what about the other six years in between? Like, what'd you do then? Nothing.
1: So. I do take a stand. I say he's not going to have good stats, and you bag on me for it because I don't. I don't think the way you do. So when I do take a stand, all you because do is bag on me for it. Because it's I'm easy not
0: to say he's not going to be good or he's going to be like everybody else. Everybody who can, my grandma could say, "Well, uh, this guy probably won't be good because all this stats you gave me or because the other twenty weren't." That's just that's just laziness right there. That's like, hey, I'll just take the default every time. That's like the person that says, uh, "Just give me what I always order when they go to a restaurant." Why? Because they don't want to like look at the menu and actually come up with something new. They just want to say the same old. So your approach, the reason I bag on you, it's the easy way. It's, it's oh, this guy stinks because everybody else wasn't good. And then if he's the anomaly, oh, man, well, I'm glad he's on the Lions. If he's not, see, I told you so. That's why.
1: And like I said, just because you say everybody's going to be good, and when they, they they slip and slide after four years, you're like, oh, yeah, that's good. That as good. I thought it was. Yeah, I, I was wrong. And then that's the end of it. Like I said, it's it's not it's not you know hard to say everybody's going to be good, and when you're wrong, you just kind of wish it under the board. Oh, yeah, okay. But like you said, like okay. when one hits, there, there's your guy. You okay. bet on you bet on every horse at a race, and when you got the winner, when whoever comes in first, I got it. Well, of course you got it. You bet on every one. So are you really taking a stand when you're saying everybody's great?
0: Okay, and I like. The, the reason we tried to put you under the microscope this year to make picks was so that we could see what what does Griff really know? What what do you what can you really do one through seven? And, and you were out after round one. Like my picks are on paper, Griff. You can go back and look at them from 06 and see if I have no clue or man. Hey, you hit a few. You missed a few. Like they're there for you to look at. Like I'm on the line. Almost everything I say. And yeah, when they when they stink, do I tip my cap? Sure. I go like, man, you know. You can tell me there hasn't been many times you said, oh, so-and-so you said was going to be good and he didn't go out. And I say, oh, no, I didn't say that. I say, yeah, I, I, I said he's going to be good. He didn't turn out or he washed out of the league. OK, but then there's definitely times I get it right. So, you know, we'll see. I like I said, the reason this came up, too, is because I'm I'm telling you that you've got the edge in this war of words on Hockinson. You take in the consensus. Most people would say he'd be lucky to get 500 yards. I'm going to go against that grain because of the player, the situation and uh, the usage, you know, I think it's going to be different. And if it's not, Hey, you know, like I say, if I, if, uh, I'll admit to being wrong, but I mean, if he comes in with your numbers and we win and get a playoff win in a home playoff game, yeah, I'm not as concerned, but I think you and others just go the easy route never want to like take a stand and Fine, go do that with the other 31 teams. Go tell everybody else they suck, and then when they're not, you can be proud. But don't do it to our Lions, man. It, get, it gets old, it gets annoying, and it's and the, lat, the next time that you want a player to suck and when he does, he's good and he's wearing a Lions jersey is, you know, the time that I just shake my head at you because that that's just – yeah, that's something I'll never understand is hoping he sucks when he's on our team. You can never explain that enough to me. You can tell me after the fact he sucked and I'll agree with you, but for you to almost like hope so because you thought so is you know,
1: I, I don't I don't get that. I'm not saying I hope and he sucks. I'm just telling you he's not gonna get those stats that you're gonna get. That that you're throwing out there. That's not gonna happen. Is what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But you want me to like just be like, Yeah, you're right. You got it. He's gonna be the anomaly. Okay.
0: We'll, we'll see. Uh, like I say, it, it always comes down to to preference, projection. You know, um, everybody gets them right, wrong. The NFL GMs are 50% batting average, so nobody's trying to say they're perfect out here. But, um, you know, we're definitely trying to – Root for our team, bottom line, you know, and uh, sometimes your uh, approach thing gets after me, as we've seen in the last 20 minutes with this show. So I say we uh, we shut this one down. We got off track. We had some tangents. Uh, we got uh, got after each other back and forth. I say uh, come back Friday and tackle these uh, Q&A's as well as um, uh, we got some some, you know, is it his job? Is it not some other things coming up on Friday? So what do you think? Yeah, that sounds good. All right, everybody. So, uh... Oh, wait, hold on. Grifka, you got anything else for the people? Uh, nope. All right, everybody. A little fired-up edition on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the back-and-forth. Uh, talked about OTAs. Talked about Snacks and his new twins. The Lions are not going to be on Hard Knocks. And, uh... We definitely got to get a back solid backup quarterback at some point. So we'll be back on Friday morning with another episode of the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Pack the bags. Start playing. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.